0: Welcome to the Proco 360 podcast. I'm Dave Tabor hosting Proco 360 because I love getting to know Colorado entrepreneurs and leaders and sharing my conversations with them with you. My guests have figured out how to build very successful businesses while being collaborative, enjoying all that Colorado has to offer, and doing that with other talented people who share their Colorado values. This episode of the Proco 360 podcast is by request of listeners, Many of you have asked me to go solo for an episode to share my thoughts, to interview myself. Okay, I'm asked three questions the most. The first is, have any of my guests been really tough to interview, hard to engage, that kind of thing? The second most popular question is, what were my favorite episodes? Who are my favorite guests? That kind of thing. And third, is it hard to get the great guests that I have on ProCo 360? I'm also asked, based on the many conversations I have with Colorado's great entrepreneurs and business leaders, what do I see moving forward for business in Colorado? I'll share those thoughts and insights in a future episode. So have I had guests who are difficult to get good interviews with? Yes, of course, and I won't name them. Uh, one was a very successful entrepreneur who hadn't planned on the success that she'd achieved. The conversation was tough because she was so humble. She didn't want to elaborate on anything. And and that was tough because I worried that uh, it might be the first time that I use my entire interview outline and not even get uh, an episode of any reasonable length. Uh, but uh, she eventually opened up and that turned out fine. The other just as challenging scenario is when a guest elaborates too much, including details that are not supporting the points where I'm trying to make sort of where I want the conversation to go. And that's really tough when those extraneous details are woven into really interesting content. In person, I can use body language and hand signals to move us on and they can see when I'm going to interrupt via Zoom. That's tougher. And I've taken to adding sort of this hand signals idea to the pre-interview briefing. Sometimes I just pause the conversation, talk about it, and then I edit sections out. You know, all my guests are successful people and they understand what I'm getting at. So it's really no big deal. So the next question I get and really this one's I get the most is what are my favorite episodes and who are my favorite guests. So as I always do, I'm going to dodge the question. I mean the truth is that I love all the episodes and guests and sure some more than others, uh, but really I do enjoy them all. And how do I manage that? Well, this is my podcast and I only interview people I'm really curious about. And I focus on things about them or their companies that made me curious enough to want to interview them. So I know that's not a gratifying answer for you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to touch on each guest of 2020 and give you a tidbit, a bit that made me like that interview. Then, I mean, if there's an episode that you've missed and you want to listen to it again, uh, you can find it in your app, or of course you can go to the Proco 360 website. So here we go, starting with January, 2020. I wanted to interview Nancy Fitzgerald of iLanding Direct because I love the service delivered by her company to its clients. It gets consumers out from under expensive and some would say predatory car loans, lowering their interest rate by an average of almost 6%. Nancy, who's a former Miss Canada, shared a bit of her vocal talent during our interview. More importantly, though, she shares a story of massive determination and running a culture driven company after the unexpected death of her husband, who at the time was the CEO.
1: We laid him to rest on a Sunday and I took over on a Monday. We, we had to. We there is, There's sharks in the water. I've learned that The Art of War, that book, is, is a dreadful read, but it's the truth, right? There's sharks in the water. There's people who want to take you down. There's people who want to take advantage of a situation and you just have to dust yourself off and stand up and fight. It's so critically important for them to know that women can lead just as strong as men can. Mommy can do it too. I'm going to raise my daughter to be a badass, and for my son to continue to respect women and and to lead side by side with them. You and and so long. Now, all right. That's all you get.
0: Next, Anthony Franco's company, MC Squares, is an earlier stage company that I typically feature on ProCo 360. I wanted to interview him then because first, the company had gone from $5,000 in monthly sales to $100,000 in monthly sales over a short period of time. They were getting ready to be featured as a guest on Shark Tank. And finally, because I'm intrigued at how he's made the transition from being a serial B2B entrepreneur to becoming a B2C entrepreneur.
1: Being an entrepreneur um, requires scar tissue. Um, and if you don't learn the lesson for yourself, sometimes um, you're going to make it, you're going to make that mistake when the stakes are even higher.
0: The next episode of ProCo 360 is the story of Charcut Nouveau, a multi-generational business in which the youngest saw an opportunity to reinvent the business. Eric Gutneck and his wife Jessica decided to shut down the deli and its small sausage making operation that was in the back, replacing both with a manufacturing company focused on product innovation and distribution. The decisions, the branding and product creation are the subjects of this really interesting episode. It's pretty dramatic.
1: Honestly, we get a lot of positive feedback about those sort of things. Like people try it at Costco and like, oh my goodness, I got to get this for my next Super Bowl party or tailgate or whatever and share with all my friends. Like they're so proud to have found us and they want to share it, which is a really cool thing for us to hear. Being in Colorado, like everyone is so helpful um, in the business community, especially like I can reach out to people for help on branding, on pricing, on anything and I just feel like we're we we have such a I don't know, a tight-knit community that's that's that want to help each other and see each other succeed.
0: I'll take a quick break to remind listeners this is ProCo 360 named Best Denver Podcast 3 years running. I'm your host Dave Tabor and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. I'm answering listener questions as a wrap up to 2020. Okay, moving on, there are recent and really high profile examples in which notable companies have had product failures, airbags, helicopter fuel tanks, aircraft, and more. All these appear to have been caused by decisions to optimize speed or profits over safety and certainty. On its website, though, United Launch Alliance says it is creating value through certainty. How one manages for certainty and still can charge a price customers will pay. Well, that's the focus of a conversation I had with CEO Tori Bruno of United Launch Alliance. No, we don't have to be the cheapest and we don't aim to be the cheapest. We're launching the most critical missions. So, for example... If you're going to go to Mars like we are this summer with Mars 2020, if you miss that launch window, the next one is two years away. Mm. If you're going to Pluto and you miss that one, 250 years. And one more thing we didn't talk about yet, accuracy. We are the most accurate launch provider in the world. We hit a bullseye every time we put a spacecraft into space. And what that translates to is a more effective mission in a longer mission. Several of our science missions will last twice as long as their intended minimum because of the accuracy we gave. The March 24th episode of ProCo 360 was just as COVID really took hold. Normally, when we think of crisis communications, it's about a company that's having to do emergency PR because it did or is accused of doing something really bad, like an oil spill and sexual harassment, those kinds of things, and it has to defend its reputation. That's not what's happening in the face of coronavirus. Still, while not at fault, leaders need to speak to the issue in ways that support their people, their brand, and their values. It's tricky so I recruited Paul Rabb of Linhart PR for this very important and timely interview. You know, even though it seems we're at the tail end of all this uh, and these tough challenges, I think you'll find the lessons in this podcast really valuable and worth hearing. When
1: there's chaos all around you and when things are moving so fast as a, as a business leader and as a communications leader, you have constant decisions to make hour by hour throughout the day. And sometimes you are balancing conflicting interests and the best way to figure out how to balance those and where to emphasize is looking at your values as a company or or as a brand. When in doubt, put the emphasis on how are we genuinely helping and what actions are we taking? How do we do the right thing? And let's worry
0: later about getting credit for it, if at all. Adam Contos, CEO of Remax, was next. Most CEOs of large public companies, no, maybe really about all of them, seem to keep their private lives private, even their personal personas. You know, they want to keep it separate from their public-facing CEO self, but not Adam. He believes in digital transparency. I probed and I prodded during this interview because it was truly hard for me to believe that the CEO of a $500 million company so easily and informally shares himself as the face of the company using Facebook videos, a podcast, speaking engagement, and an accessible management style. Adam predicts that this is the future for his peers. You should hear this episode.
1: I look at it differently because I believe the role of the CEO is to be that that face, the smile, the heart, and soul that the consumer thinks of, or the customer thinks of, or the business partner thinks of when they think about the company. I think the customer needs to look at the company and go, do I believe in the leadership of that organization? A leader is designed to inspire as opposed to judge.
0: What do you hope your children will take from watching you as a leader?
1: It's hilarious because it's kind of embarrassing to them sometimes. Um,
0: You know, I have more Instagram followers than they do. I really enjoyed Matthew Klein, CEO of Backbone PLM. I mean, this is a quintessential story of tech company success. The dominating and most intriguing point for me is that the company was created to solve a painful problem in the market that existing service providers were falling short of solving. The problem was so painful that early customers even helped Backbone refine the solution and customer executives invested in Backbone to help them succeed. Lesson to be learned, when starting a business, find a really, really painful problem that when solved, creates massive value and then solve it.
1: We are very focused on a mission and a vision
0: uh, to truly disrupt product development and design. Um, You know, our goal is to power the next 25,000 growth stage product companies on this platform. Along the way, we're probably gonna step on some toes. It was a lot of pitching, pitching the dream, the vision, especially in the early days. I, I remember the early
1: days when we would sign those first uh, those first deals and we'd get a signature on the subscription agreement. And I mean, it was really exciting. I mean, those were those were huge wins for us that really helped to propel Andrew and I kind of looking at each other in those... <laughs> kind of late nights and early mornings being like, we know why we're doing this. You know, the industry wants it.
0: I've always been curious about franchises. There have been some great ones, some big name stories out of Colorado and some less successful. It seems to me that a key to success for those who make it is that they are owners and operators first and franchisers second. The great ones care most about building a business that serves the end customer more than about franchise sales. That's the case with Floyd's 99 Barbershop. You'll hear that as President Jamie Repenning describes operations during COVID-19.
1: The number one thing is going to be about safety and hygiene. And our clients are much more discerning customers now. They were looking for the things that we were doing. At 125 shops with the technology developing, um, the thing that really surprised me the most was the importance of technology in the client experience, right? The more seamless we can make it, the easier it is to deal to do business with Floyds, to get in the chair, to pay and all that stuff. Um, it's just become a really foundational piece of the client experience and I didn't see that coming.
0: Listeners, one more reminder: this is ProCo 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere in Choose Colorado. I'm answering your questions as a wrap-up to 2020. Go to Proco360.com to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. Please don't forget to rate ProCo 360 in your app when you finish this episode. If you haven't done it yet in 2020, please do that now next. The CBD business is exploding and Charlotte's web went from startup to $100 million in revenue in three years. Deanie Elsner, CEO, left a consumer foods company where she was named a top 50 chief marketing officer in the world. I was eager to discuss sales and marketing for a line of products that people don't understand very well, and that doesn't stop them from buying them. So that whole CBD world is explored during this episode. I think you'll enjoy it it kind of feels unbelievable. How do you deal with that? Um, I think it comes
1: back to the science. In fact, um, your, your endocannabinoid system, the system that really regulates your body um, is what CBD supplements. And so what this supplement is doing is helping your body fight the way it's naturally been built to fight. Charlotte's web went from a company that was, that did not have $1 of revenue to in three years becoming a $100 million company. That is, a, that is moving from a startup to a standup very, very wow. quickly. Wow. Um, we're seeing a lot, of, a lot of brands and companies come in because they see the growth opportunities. I do think it comes down to credibility and trust. I think in any consumer products company, you've
0: got to have that with your most loyal consumers. So in fact, the way you differentiate is by dialing up the trust. Starting a consumer products company is tough. For every home-started product, like Bobo's Oat Bars, and they were on a prior episode, or Justin's Peanut Butter, there are tens and maybe hundreds or or thousands that fail. Lily Sweets is different. While its founder, Cynthia Tice, set out to create a product for herself, she also set out to create a business that would scale when she created a no-sugar-added product. With only three employees, including herself, Cynthia brought on Jane Miller, to be CEO. Jane is an experienced entrepreneur, including being CEO of Rudy's Bakery. And Jane had lots to share during our interview about building a new food product company.
1: What I see with a lot of entrepreneurs is they want to go into stores way too fast before they have the consumer following. And so you're so excited. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm on a thousand store shelves, but nobody knows who you are and nobody's buying you. And so as quickly as you got on, you're going to get off me, when I talk to somebody about their resume, I want to know what they did and what was different. Not so much that they were at Google or Facebook or someplace that looks so amazing on a resume. It's not where you've been. It's what you've done. The thing that's really shifted in my 35 years in the business world is from results being job one to realizing that it's the people that get the results. And if you are empathetic and care about the people that work with you, The results will come. And I didn't have that perspective when I started my career.
0: I hope you enjoy the interview with Adam Miller. It's different from what you normally hear from a founder basing the business on a passion. That's because Adam is passionate about business as well as his mountain biking. This episode tells the story of a founder who exited his first business via a messy divorce and with little financial gain adam doubted whether he maybe should he even be on that path and he went back to his roots at a bike shop remember kind of like when rocky goes back to that old nasty gym after being beaten by clubber lang that kind of thing but adam soon re-emerged ready to create two new brands that would build the best bikes in the world so revel bikes and y-cycles were created and adam seems reborn and
1: happy I'm the first to admit, you know, until recently, my bike cost more than my car. And that that's where the bike industry is funny because that passion thing really gets in the way of business a whole lot. My goal is to make passion and business uh, 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 line up and usually passion wins out. But I have, you know, had to separate it out and, you know, kind of internalize, uh, compartmentalize, I suppose, that joy of riding bikes and jumping off a big old jump and You know getting that big adrenaline rush to to, you know maybe i shouldn't go up that big of a jump i got a lot of work to do and i better not crash
0: i had planned to do an episode in which i feature three rising entrepreneurs with businesses and styles that i really like i had intended that guadalupe lace who's a nature photographer, would be one segment of this episode. I met Guadalupe in Aspen when my wife and I were drawn into her gallery. Honestly, her photos took my breath away and they drew me right in and I just had to meet her. I was so enthralled with her work and her story was so heartwarming that I decided to make it a standalone episode. I think you'll love it.
1: There's nothing glamorous about the life of a photographer. (laughs) Uh, I think uh, number one requirement should be below maintenance. (laughs) If you need a comfortable bed and AC at night, I think this is not the job for you. For me, it took many, many years to value my own work. I was embarrassed to charge people when I was starting to sell my work. And uh, and I was feeling uh, like I was doing something wrong. Um... And as I develop, and I put so much, I invested so much time, energy, my life really. And once you start adding up all that on top of uh, your travels and how far you're willing to go and how hard you're willing to work to get a picture, that's when uh, you start valuing your work more. And I think it just makes sense.
0: Ian McGregor at Scratch Labs was recommended as a guest by Dan Konigsberg of Campminder. And if you haven't listened to that episode, please look for it. It's a great one. If you still believe there is such a thing as build a better mousetrap and the world will beat a better path to your door, you should listen to this episode. In today's world, that rarely happens. It can, if you develop just the right product for just the right customer and have a team working its ass off doing whatever needs to be done. It also takes discipline to stay focused on the customer, a lot of humility, and particularly humility by a CEO who got the job by default.
1: So this stuff was called secret drink mix, uh, <laughs> of what it was known <laughs> as. And, yeah. you know, we bought that URL and,
0: um, you know, I built us the world's worst website <laughs> and it worked, you know, it worked enough to create some first yeah. steps. I think really thinking about the consumer first and foremost and not trying to look for business opportunity, um, you know, is ultimately gonna create something that authentically resonates. Um,
1: And, you know, of course, what you do after that, who the heck knows. (laughs) You know, we've been really intentional about bootstrapping this business. We've been really intentional about growing slowly and authentically. And again, the funny irony of that is that, you know, we've grown about as fast as we could possibly (laughs) handle it.
0: Angie's List and HomeAdvisor have always fascinated me, and until recently, I didn't know that the company that holds those brands and 10 others, called Angie Home Services, is a Colorado-based public company. Brandon Ridenhour, its CEO, discussed with me what makes me so curious about this business, how they compete with Google and Yelp, and particularly how Angie can serve with integrity both the consumer, you and me when we're doing a search, and the service providers that are advertising on the platform.
1: The marketplace is sort of self-moderating uh, in the sense that poor providers get bad reviews, their ROI immediately tanks, and they don't want to pay us anymore. So uh, to, to the good and to the bad, that's a problem that we don't have to deal with. You know, every job I've ever had before this, I, I, I would usually get bored after three or four years. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a kind of a problem solver at heart, and um, this is an intractable problem. You know, fixing the home services industry, fixing the experience for homeowners Um, is probably a problem that may outlast me.
0: Regional beer makers have their own niche, big enough that we know their brand, big enough to be in stores, and small enough to still feel like the term craft beer fits. Matt Cutter is CEO of Upslope Brewing, and I love his comment that good brewers dump beer. He's referring to the need to throw out beer that doesn't meet their standards.
1: Oh, you guys are grown, and that's awesome. Well, yeah, you can grow yourself out of business, too. And that almost happened to us. We almost ran out of money in February, 2009. And after looking at other options, uh, I pulled more money out of my house. I did not have a plan B for cash. And I didn't sleep that month, February, 2009, because I really thought we were gonna go out of business. Yes, exactly. And go out of business while we're growing very, very quickly.
0: I've always been curious about real estate development and cognizant of the impact of gentrification on a community. After a walking tour of Five Points with Haroon Cowens, I was really impressed with Five Points development. This interview features some great highlights of the area's music history and iconic buildings. You'll also better understand how Haroon, who grew up in the area and is an associate pastor of a nearby church, thinks about bringing the community along with redevelopment. And so in the Rasonian Hotel, you would have, you know, the Billy holidays, you would have the Cab Calloways, you would have, you know, our, our, some of our own legends that would play and, and, and stay in, in five points. What we want to do is bring back the vibrancy, the culture, the history, but not just in a museum like, hey, come, this is what happened. No, this is what's happening. Yes, things things change. But how do you do it that you bring along some of the people that are here in the community and bring them up to uh, bring them along with you as you develop? You know, all of our state's hospitality businesses are suffering through the COVID pandemic. Here's what I really wondered going into this interview with Jack Damoli, CEO of the Broadmoor. While many properties can trim and cut back on various expenses when business is slow, the Broadmoor is the longest running five-star resort in the world. I mean, so how do you cut back on expenses that could jeopardize guest expectations and the resort's reputation? If you've ever wanted to know more about how a world-class resort with over 1,200 employees operates and has maintained unsurpassed quality year over year for over 100 years, you'll love this episode. There is a, a warmth, a charm, and a friendliness that exists. It's that spirit of the West, yeah. and it's reflected in the art that's on the walls, uh, the bronzes that are on the tables, yeah. but more
1: importantly, it's reflected in the individuals that take care of our guests. To me, yeah. the Broadmoor is just that perfect blend of friendliness, warmth, charm, and luxury. It dawns on the guest is the fact that it's done by design, this friendliness, the the, the Sincerity of the staff is something that rings true
0: and what makes it really special is when you start to see the guests speak to each other. I used to think that illegal Pete's competed with Chipotle and Qdoba. The more I explored illegal Pete's, the more it became clear that illegal Pete's is in its own category. Sure, great food. A full bar where people really want to hang out, that's unusual. Voluntarily paying a living wage at a quick serve restaurant—that's unheard of. Pete talks about how and why he made these decisions. You will leave the episode a fan of illegal Pete's. But always seemed disingenuous to me for companies to talk about how well
1: the animals that they get in their food source from, how well they're getting taken care of, when their employees have to work two, three jobs. It just didn't feel right. Never did. Maybe I've found. Peace and Zen with how difficult
0: and how constant change and challenge is. Like when you're when it was, when I was younger, it's like ah, oh, oh, but now I'm like man, just
1: keep working hard, keep thinking smart, believe in what you believe in, stay true to your values, and you'll get through it.
0: I struggle with what I perceive to be endless noise on social media and I was eager to understand from Benjamin Kepner of Global Social Media Marketing how to cut through that noise for effective social media execution. His answer, you gotta pay to play. You need a paid social media strategy. Okay, well, that clears it right
1: up. I love that you're calling our a firm nerdy. That's the first time I've heard that. In a I'll good way. It. Yeah, yeah, no, I think nerds is is great, right? Like the definition of a nerd is somebody that kind of like obsesses about a very specific topic. You're 100% wrong, actually. So um, the reason for that, Dave, is it, it depends on the creator, number one, of the video, and two, it depends on the topic. The problem with organic is, to your point, there's so much noise, everybody's producing content, so how are you gonna get your content seen? You gotta pay to play now at this
0: point with uh, social media, right? So if you wanna get your content out there and get seen or actually
1: drive those leads and sales, you are gonna need a paid social media strategy.
0: Kudos to Chris Miller, CEO of Paladina Health on two fronts. One, he's delivering on the holy grail of healthcare which is providing high patient satisfaction and better clinical outcomes and at a lower cost. And second, he's a great guest, candid, personable, and really good explaining how Paladina Health is making inroads in what is arguably the country's least cost-efficient industry.
1: Well, look, we're, we're creating nice alignment with those providers. And so what we do is we pay a fair market value for the providers, but then we give them incentives that are aligned with ours. So they're then incented to provide better clinical outcomes. They're incented to provide better patient satisfaction scores, and they get bonuses that are based on that. Look, the way we do this is providing 24-7 access to your physician. So you will have your physician's cell phone number to be able to call that physician wow. on a Saturday or Sunday or, frankly, a Tuesday night at midnight Through eight months, they determined that we'd save them $600,000. And they came back to us and said, look, we've saved all this money. And I said, that's so wonderful. What are you gonna do with those dollars? And they said, we're giving it back to the teachers. We're gonna raise teacher salary. And
0: wrapping up for 2020, Zynax Medical's main product line treats pain with FDA-approved electric stimulation that reduces the need for opioids in the marketplace. Its founder and CEO, Thomas Sandgard, doesn't seem at all impressed with his success. His story of starting with $2,000 24 years ago and building that into a public company valued at half a billion is pretty impressive. We discussed that as well as Thomas's transition from full-time CEO to a life that includes philanthropy, owning a UK football club, and a return to his rock and roll roots. Because of the opioid epidemic, I expect we can can develop that market even further to up towards a a, a billion a year because uh, our products provide great pain relief without side effects. Because when I was like Thirteen, fourteen, eventually uh, I I bought a guitar because I also
1: wanted to be cool at school. I'd say the biggest problem for me was coming from Denmark uh,
0: was immigration. In 2004 I was in deportation right after we had taken, taken the company public. Wow. I'll take a breath here. Thinking back on all my guests from 2020 was great. It reminds me of how much I enjoy doing ProCo 360 and sharing it with you. And finally, I'm going to wrap up with the last question. Is it hard to get the great guests that I have on Proco 360? Well, yes and no. It comes down to them trusting that this will be something that helps their business and brand to tell their story well, and that it will reflect well on them And finally, that'll be fun. I have an advantage here, and I use it to the best of my ability. I've been an entrepreneur. I've read over 100 business books. And as an executive of the Colorado Chamber of Commerce, I've been privileged to see up close how most businesses operate. So different from typical journalists with much better interview skills than I have, I can relate to my guests at a deep level. My questions aren't standard. They're formed by what makes me curious about each guest and each guest's business. My most gratifying moment during an interview is when the guest says, wow, that's a good question, and then pauses to think. They'd love that. They'd love to be stimulated to stop and to think, to be challenged, to thoughtfully explore a topic. And that kind of interaction, I think, is what ultimately brings smart and interesting people to the show. All right. Now it really is time to wrap up 2020. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. And today on Proco 360, I've been answering listener questions and summarizing the year. You know, just like if a tree falls in the woods and no one is there to hear it, well, some say it makes no sound. In 2020, guests shared their episode with over 2 million followers. A podcast wants to be heard. So thank you for listening in 2020. And thanks for joining me on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast and submitting a review. Thanks again to 2020 show sponsors, Community Banks of Colorado, the law firm of Holland and Hart, Kinsley Meetings, MicroStar Keg Logistics, Via Technologies, and the Colorado Chamber of Commerce. That's the show. Live, work, love, Colorado.